Hello and welcome to the Balancing Act podcast, where you can find tools and inspiration for working mums who are ready to overcome the mental load so that they can live with more simplicity, ease and fulfilment in their everyday. I'm your host, Debbie, a balance coach and a working mum myself, and I'm super happy to be here with you. Hello, welcome back to the Balancing Act podcast. Um, I'm super, super happy to have you here and I hope that you will enjoy today's episode. It's another guest interview. This week I am joined by Elizabeth Willits of Investing in Women. And like me, Liz is super passionate about advocating for parent-friendly workplaces that in turn allow greater gender equality at work and then which then leads to a reduction in the gender pay gap and it was through this shared passion that Liz and I first came into contact. Now she is on a mission to promote more part-time and flexible working options for parents that also allow career progression and I think that that's something that's often missing today even when those options do exist. So on today's episode, we cover quite a lot from how part-time working impacts your career as a working mum. We talk about career breaks and uh, we talk about changing jobs and getting promoted when working part-time. And we talk about how part-time working actually increases your productivity and makes you a more efficient worker overall. So for all this and a little bit more, let's dive in. Welcome to the podcast, Liz. It's really, really lovely to have you here. And um, thank you very much for giving up your precious, precious time. Thank um, you. I wondered if you would mind starting with a bit of an introduction. Maybe you could tell us a bit about what your own balancing act looks like just now. Yeah. Um, so I've got two small children. They're two and three. Um, and my youngest has recently joined um, her sister at preschool. So they're there in the mornings, which is like a lifesaver. Um, so they go for just three hours in the morning. So I get a lot done in that time. I find really productive because I'm on a deadline. Um, pick them up um, at lunch. My youngest is still having a nap in the afternoon, which I make the most of. So my eldest watches a bit of CBBS, but um I think educational so and then I get on with a bit of work in the afternoon and while my youngest is having a nap and then carry on going in the evening so in a way I feel like I'm I'm sort of doing a full working day not probably not quite the hours but it's just all sort of split up um, around the kids and around my family and so I do it in chunks that's what it's looking like at the moment um yeah so our kids are are quite um similar ages I think and I know that um since my two boys have gone I really noticed like the quietness in the house it's It's lovely (laughs) god who needs a holiday yeah you'd like it really um but yeah, so I'm really, I'm really interested um, to hear a bit more about your story. Like, what, what are yeah. the bits of it you would like to share, and just how, how you got to to be where you are now? Yeah, so, so I'm a recruiter. Um, so I've worked in recruitment ever since graduating from university. Um, so it's full time, um, and I had my children and my first. And my first daughter, I went back, managed to go back part time um, on three days a week. And then 
I had my second daughter, COVID hit. Unfortunately, I was made redundant at that point and then tried to look for another job, part-time job, because um, I wanted to work part-time because I wanted to, to be able to, you know, work part-time, see my children. I couldn't find anything, nothing at my level. Wow. So, yeah, so I got approached by a lot of recruiters, um, just approached me out the blue. Um, as soon as I said, um, you know, will they consider this role part-time? Um, either got ghosted or um, straight away came out, no, it's full-time only. Um, wow. Yeah, and so all the only part-time jobs I could find were recruitment coordinator jobs, which was, you know, quite a significant step down for me um, in terms of my skills and experience that were not paying particularly well. Um, mm-hmm. And this just happens to so many pe- so many women, so many of my friends. I've got a friend that's a teacher that didn't want to, to return to work full-time as a teacher. Um, and now she works in, in administration in a nursery office on £10 an hour. And, and that's I think that's just such a huge loss of talent, skills and experience. And there is a gender pay gap, but it's not, it's basically, it's a motherhood penalty because of the part-time penalty. Because women still in 2021 are having to make a choice between basically working full-time, full throttle or being able to spend time with their kids it's very hard to, I think it's potentially easier to return to a position part-time where they know you mm-hmm. but it's quite hard to find a new part-time job at the um, the level you're at so that's why I'm setting up um, investing in women which is a job board it's going to be aimed at professional women and men in financial and professional services that are looking for flexible and progressive work within these sectors fantastic um, yeah it's got to be work I think that's going somewhere because otherwise it's just you know accentuating the gender bay cap mm, yeah I think it's a, so I always um I find it really interesting with I find it with a lot of uh, entrepreneurs like we always have a real like strong story behind why we started yeah. the things that we did um, and I think it's so interesting how um like an unexpected or unanticipated personal experience can then bring about something like so positive and something really like meaningful for you and like a you know it makes you aware of like a cause or something yeah. that really um impassioned to to change and make a difference yeah I hope it makes because I I think as well it's an issue because people then get stuck so if they manage to return to work part-time with their employer after maternity leave because there's so few other jobs externally um that are maybe offering the same hours and terms they end up just staying with their employer so I think working mums end up being very loyal but then they're often overlooked their part-time work is often sidelined and I know as recruiter the best way to get a, um, a pay rise is to change employer and change jobs we all know that you get an uplift otherwise why do people move jobs but they if there's no jobs for them to move to they're not going to get a pay rise mm. so that's a big issue as well. it's not just for women coming back from the tentative at that point it's women that still have you know that have children not just women because there's people that are carers um people that maybe have volunteer commitments things like that but there needs to be more progressive part-time jobs available for all of us I think that's so interesting so I really um 
I really like what you said there about the the motherhood pay gap um, and yeah. that was a real learning for me actually and when I was thinking of, of starting up my own business as a coach like when I heard that I was like right I have to like I yeah. have to I feel I felt so compelled to want to go to make a difference um, and I guess how we first connected then was on LinkedIn over a yeah. shared passion for, for yeah. the gender pay, gender pay gap and making an impact on that so do you think like has it always been something that you felt passionate about or was it very much just from your own experience and what's happened more recently? Um, I mean I think it's been reinforced by what's happened recently and when I've become a mom. I think do you know what before you become a mom you just don't really have any idea do you? I mean even from a parenting perspective I had friends that had children and I'd be like do you want to go out and it's very hard isn't it now you're a parent you think god what was I thinking um, and you have no idea in terms of how much nursery costs that that was a big shock to me um I have a dog and he got he gets walked well, when I worked he, um in London he used to get walked and, and then when, I couldn't believe it when I found out how much it would cost to have my have someone look after my child but yeah people don't really talk about it but I think I was always aware of it so I was working full-time this was years ago um for an agency I got married um and I couldn't see women above me that were working successfully part-time and I I feel I don't mean that to sound disrespectful to them but I could see that the women that were coming back and working part-time were starting to get sidelined um after maternity leave and those individuals that had children um and carried on progressing often working full-time and if not full-time were working really you know four days a week but on their day off were sending emails were working basically but unpaid for that one day and I I knew that I didn't want that I knew I wanted a bit more of a balance um when I had my own children so I actually left recruitment for um, about a year and a half I did something completely different um and set up my own business doing beauty therapy which is completely different <laughs> um because I thought that I'd be able to um have a job that I was able to combine um you know working with the family um but yeah then I went back to recruitment so um yeah yeah that's that. really interesting um yeah because I, I think knew that I, I totally agree with what you said at the start about um like there's so many aspects of like motherhood and parenting in general that we we never really anticipate in advance that it's going to be like a thing you know or something that we yeah. consciously make a decision over I think quite often with these things we um like it just sort of happens and then you find yeah. yourself in a situation that you weren't anticipating like yeah. that so with the the pay gap like do you what do you see as being the main contributors to the pay gap yeah um yeah I see that it's I think it's part-time penalty is a big big thing um I think I think people get paid less per hour when they're working part-time um I mean, there's so many different things, and that's a big contributor. There's not enough quality part-time jobs, and the part-time jobs that are available tend to be at a lower level, so people often have to take a step back or a step down to work part a true part-time job. Um, and then there's issues around, I think this is something that we need to take responsibility for as well ourselves, is issues around home. Um, you know, with the school closures, there was a lot in the media about, 
you know, women, uh, mothers doing all the homeschooling, women being re refused furlough. There's still an expectation that it's women that are going to do everything in the home around children. Um, so I think basically men need to step up <laughs> and, and, and women need to, to ask their husbands and things to step up. So definitely needs to be something um, around that. I mean, from my own story, I, I checked out early when I left recruitment. Um, I think women, I, I remember, did you read Sharon, um, what's her name? Cheryl Sandberg's yes. book. Yeah. And she does have a point. I mean, I don't agree with everything, but, you know, I was an example of someone that started to lean out way before I needed to. And I wonder if subconsciously a lot of women maybe start doing that. Because I have read there's a slight gender pay gap before women have their first child. Right. And you know what else I think that maybe doesn't help is um I don't want this to sound I don't want to phrase this the wrong way, but you know in you know enhanced maternity pay. Mm -hmm. um, there are a lot of barriers to be able to access an enhanced maternity pay scheme. Right. So a lot of, you know, you have to be working at an employer for a certain right. amount of time yes. before you're eligible to be paid. That's basically what I mean. Yes. So I know a lot of women that will start staying put with their current employer because they think, oh, I might become pregnant in the next year or so. Mm. so. I think women just naturally start maybe holding back a bit when they start considering children. I think, um, well, I think that's the point that, um, like, as I remember, that's the point that Cheryl Sandberg makes in that book, just what, yeah. you, um, what you talked about leaning out, where, um, like, we we feel that the almost the onus is on us to manage our careers in such a way that it then accommodates like children at a later date so yeah um, like one thing I remembered was her talking about you know um women having reluctance to take on a promotion when they were yeah. like pregnant and knowing that that would be like physically tiring time for them and that maybe like they wouldn't want the added pressure or that they didn't know what things would be like once their kids came along and so they didn't want the pressure of returning to uh, you know, a hybrid yeah. job things like that and I think yeah. those are all really valid points and oh, yeah. it's something that like the way things are set up at the minute it's it is like that's the reality of it that we have to consider those things yeah. um, and I think just going back to what you said about um like dad stepping up so I think that like interestingly this Stats that I've read about show that dads are taking on more household responsibility yeah. and more childcare than they did previously, which is great. Yeah, they and did. I think a yeah. really positive step. And I think that the one really good thing that's come out of that is just a greater awareness of what it takes to like manage everything and like what the mental load actually looks like for everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as you say, it's like it's interesting then that like mums are still taking on more and in general it's um like mums careers that have been more impacted, impacted in terms of furlough or reducing the working hours or even losing their jobs in, yeah, in yeah. some cases um and so yeah I wonder like I wonder how we address that going forward so like I know that I've seen a lot of your posts on um, like advocating and um, flexible and part-time working options 
Yeah. So like given that you've seen part-time working being like detrimental to women's careers in the past, what, yeah. what how do you think that they can be um like designed in such a way that they can actually have like a positive impact on closing the pay gap? Because I think that <sighs> I think traditionally part-time and flexible working has maybe been seen as a women's. I, I wrote something quite um, interesting. Um, I well, say to myself um, about how remote working has suddenly been viewed as a success this year because of COVID. Because I right. think because men have been equal participants, and I think that women's work traditionally and historically has always taken second place to men's work for example um gdp like unpaid work that the mostly women historically have done is not counted in the figures and that was a decision made by men during the second world war and a woman assistant tried to advocate for unpaid work to be included and it's it's worth billions of pounds to our economy but it's just not counted or measured um so yeah so going back to the part-time um example i I think that flexible and part-time working needs to be embraced by both genders because otherwise it probably will continue to be viewed as as, you know women's work and maybe won't get the respect um it needs but ultimately if you create more quality part-time work you retain more women in the workforce now if we're just talking about now and those women become leaders you know 10 years down the line and they will create more inclusive um working practices etc that that will benefit everybody um yeah yeah really you've got your question (laughs) no no I totally get on board that so I think like in um yeah I'd like summarize that is saying so like one unpaid work being valued more I think it needs to be valued more 100% yeah because I also think if it's valued more then women would find it easier to return to work Mm -hmm. yes I've had issues in the past sorry where I've had a candidate that had a five-year break this is when I worked in agency Um, and none of my male colleagues would look at her cv because she'd had such a long break they said she might as well have been working in McDonald's Oh my goodness. Oh my and goodness. this isn't that long ago. So there needs to be a shift in what it means to be at home with children. It's tough. And yes. I think you learn a lot of skills. And it's I think not you just <laughs> so walk in the park. It's not it's, it's like... not working at McDonald's disrespect to people working at McDonald's, but it's not it's not like working at McDonald's. It's, it's you learn patience, you learn yeah. to negotiate, you learn time management. I'm not that you didn't have those skills before, but you perfect them. Yeah. So there needs to be appreciation of, yeah. And I think as well, you, you <laughs> get this, um, like you get a greater sense of awareness of yourself as well. And like what your own yeah. real, like your own strong points and weaknesses are as well. And that's really invaluable in the workplace. Um, yeah. But I think, so the other point that you made about making these options, like, equally accessible to most yeah. men and women I think is so important because um I read I read this uh, an article that was or it was a bit of research done by the female lead um yeah in a native um, international women's day there and it yeah. talked about this um gender entitlement gap which is not something yeah, that I'd not. come across before but like when I read it I was like oh well I you know I totally 
yeah. the concepts behind it and it was really um, interesting then to see data to back that up so I guess um, the conclusion from it was that even though so many workplaces now have really good policies in place in terms yeah. of um, flexible working and part-time being available to both men and women yeah, yeah. like it's it's women who are consistently taking up those roles a lot more so than men yeah um, there's a like, bit of a stigma isn't there yeah and not a not... stigma an expectation again like the media you yes. know I think emphasized you know women have been refused furlough it wasn't parents mm-hmm. and it's things like like role modeling is so important I think with this yeah. sort of thing um and so yeah that was one aspect of it the other aspect of this entitlement gap was you know women not putting themselves forward for promotion as frequently yeah. Um, imposter syndrome being more common in women than men yeah. um yeah all of all of these things and I think that that like people having the concern over part-time and flexible working impacting their career is like yeah. real like it's a very valid concern because we have seen that that's that has been the case that does happen yeah um Up until now hopefully yes, hopefully there'll yes. be a shift with covid yeah. hopefully um you know people can see that you can achieve work I know it's been hard because of school closures and things like that but work doesn't have to be done in an eight hour solid day Mm -hmm. it can be done like I've just said in chunks and you're really you are productive um there's been quite a lot of studies that productivity peaks about 30 hours a week even though obviously our nation our country works the longest hours in Europe we're one of the least productive countries in the world yeah so it's because people yeah they just people think oh I'm, I'm in work for I mean I was guilty of this you'd get to like two o'clock you'd be tired you'd have had your lunch you just sort of wait until you know it's five five thirty, and you start messing about and going on Facebook or whatever and if you yeah. work in like little small chunks you get you work because you yeah. know you've got a, you've got a finish at whatever time I absolutely agree I actually find that um so I I I try to not work in the evenings when I can but I do like you I work in very distinct chunks of time and I actually have never been more productive because I know that like at the end of that one two three four hour period like I'll have to you've got a deadline and so if I don't get the thing done in that time then it just won't get done so like I actually find it a really great way to work Um, and I really like the distinct like shift in mindset it helps me like be more present in the things that, yeah. that I'm doing um but what I I didn't actually realize that that we we work the longest hours in in Europe but I'm just reading this book called A Year of Living Danishly it's by an author called oh, Helen yeah. Walker and it's like charting her um experience of living in Denmark for a year yeah. it's really it's really funny she's got a great sense of humor but mm. um the chapter I read the other night was talking about how there being like just being present at work more, you know, being in the office more was seen as you being like inefficient at your job. Yeah, they've, they've, got, they've got a lot of policies, haven't they? Yeah, I think here there's like a this culture of I've heard it called presenteeism before. Yeah. Like, you know, the fact that you spent more hours doing your job, um, I think is translated into like being more dedicated or being more yeah whereas actually it was really interesting to see this this other aspect that um she said that you know if people were typically spending 
time beyond 4.30 at work, they would get like support in, in how to be more efficient. Well, that's good. <laughs> that that sounds really good. good. Yeah. It was sort of seen as, you know, like you weren't able, like you weren't able to do your job within the allocated time. So you needed, you know, they needed yeah. to help you find a way to do that. And I just thought it was, it's a really useful like cultural mindset to have as opposed to the one that, that we currently have. And I think like I worked in um, Norway for a little while on and off. Oh, and yeah. Like um, the, there was definitely a lot more females and higher up leadership positions. And I think it was a lot of this that people, you know, weren't expected to, to work long hours. So it was very feasible for like both parents to work full time and also have enough yeah, yeah. Home with their, their full time is less than our like full time to us it can be like 50 hour week really mm. in certain um, industries that's a lot of hours whereas if yeah. you a full-time week sort of 30 35 hours that's a big difference isn't it and both parents can juggle things a bit better it really is and um, if there's anybody listening at the minute who um is sort of like you know they can relate to what we've been talking about yeah and, like in your experience as a recruiter what sort of practical tips or advice would you recommend to mums if they're sort of concerned about maybe the direction that their career is heading in or or what they should do next or what sort of things they should be looking for in in a job well if they're on a break I mean I think there are some you know positive things that are happening there are some returnships aren't there um I was just chatting to somebody from Investec and on their website um there was somebody that had been out of the workplace for 10 and a half years and then returned to them on one of their returnships um and there was there are a lot of returnships and they're popping up all the time so I think it's definitely worth if you're on a break that would be a way back in to an industry that you'd left um and maybe you know maybe we're in an industry where you're not quite up to date with all the latest IT I don't know um, and they'll looks like you know they'll train you up they'll support you give you a mentor etc so that's definitely a way in um in terms of how you you know structure your CV and things like that um this really good tip is to put your the dates not to the right if that makes sense mm. so not have it dates um employer job title sort of have employer job title and then to the right the dates um because we naturally read left to right so you it keeps the focus away from the dates that makes sense right um so we can a recruiter can see what your previous employer was your skills your experience etc and that's the focus then not maybe how long you've been out of work for um i mean this is obviously an individual thing and, and this is probably a confidence thing but i think I think as more women are speaking out, like own the break. Um, I think this is this is a confident thing. But I've learned so much being on a break, mm-hmm. um, and I valued my break actually because I think if I'd not had the break, um, you know, it's been a longer break because of the COVID. Um, I wouldn't be as refreshed. I wouldn't be as motivated. I wouldn't be as ready to to go back I've got a lot more skills you know I met a lot of different people while I was on maternity mm-hmm. you you have to go into these baby groups you don't know a single person it's like going into a networking meeting yes. you just have to strike up conversation with people exactly the same. it's networking really um, um yeah so like, do, you th- do you think there is place nowadays to write those skills on your your cv 
Um, yeah, I mean, people do write them, don't they, on their personal mm-hmm. bio and things like, or in a cover letter. Yeah, and I know that there are certain coaches that advocate that you put that um, front and centre. Um, it's a tough one because you don't know who's reviewing your CV when you first apply for a job. Mm-hmm. So you don't know if it's someone that's maybe going to be sympathetic or not. Yeah, I like what you said, though, you, you called it like own the experience. And I really like that because I feel that, like it's a tough thing to do but I feel like that's the sort of thing that will make the change and like yeah you know, and I think me, it takes more women like you speaking out about it you know banging the drum that, that is, you know we've learned valuable skills yes exactly well, this <laughs> that time off. That, like, it hasn't been wasted <laughs> yes it sort of has to start with us in some ways because yeah um like if we if we see the time as valuable and useful and worthwhile and like a learning and development opportunity and um, then we're the ones who can like advocate for that yeah and, and show that to other people too but I understand yeah. that it is like it's a difficult tough challenging thing to do um right now but I think that as I say that's the sort of thing that can really make an impact and make a difference yeah and then I suppose in terms of you were saying about what people can do if they're concerned about their own career so I suppose internally if you're working at the moment then does your company have like a woman's network Mm -hmm. often big companies do have women's networks if they don't maybe you could start one up Mm -hmm. um don't know um so they're always quite good I think it's a lot about like networking isn't it internally externally I mean I'm setting up a job but a lot of people find jobs just through people they know don't they so I suppose it's reaching out to people that you know on LinkedIn if you're wanting to find another job approaching them something formally um, yeah using your own network like that I really like that because um since I've I've started up the balancing act I've actually been approached by a few women's network groups locally who work you know, right, yeah. within um corporations to come and speak about some of these issues because I think that sometimes um these issues are quite difficult to, to discuss in the workplace and there's not always the yeah. opportunity to do so and I, so I think it's really good that that can come from like an outside source who's you know maybe yeah. somebody who's a little bit removed and has, has the overview so like I'm really really um enthusiastic about about doing that yeah yeah that's good yeah um so by way of wrapping up then, can you tell us a little bit more about investing in women and um, what it's about and um, how yeah. people can find you online? Yeah, um, so it's going to be a new job board launching May um, and it's basically aimed at forward thinking employers and um, individuals looking for flexible part-time um, work within financial and professional services um, I'm going to be setting up a Facebook group as well which is basically all about building a community of like-minded um, women that want to progress want to um, reduce any gender pay gap that exists within the sector and it's all going to be about empowering women helping women succeed in the workplace and, and getting more equality um, in those sectors so yeah you can find me the website is um investinginwomen.co.uk um, I'm on LinkedIn um, so you can find yeah it's investing in women on LinkedIn but you can also find me Elizabeth Willits um, and on Instagram I'm on at Elizabeth Willits so at the moment but there probably will be an investing in women careers um, Instagram account as well 
at some Fantastic. point. Fantastic. I um I'll make sure to put those links in in the show notes as well if anybody All wants right. to to take yeah. a look. Um and yeah, I would just add to that as well. It'd be the I mentioned at the start of the podcast the some of the blog articles that you'd written. Oh yeah, yeah. thank you. The Umbrella of Diversity Works UK. Um, I'd really encourage people to go and check those out and um, I thought that like I find them really thought-provoking you like taught you present a lot of very well-reasoned and well-researched arguments there so oh, if people you. are just interested in this um as, as an area in general then it's it's really worth checking those out as well yeah. yeah like I said it's not I mean the job board itself will be for women in those sectors but really I'm banging the drum about quality part-time work for everybody I love it I love it (laughs) fantastic well thank you so much for your time Elizabeth it's really that's all right thank Um, you yeah I'm excited to see what comes next oh thank you thanks for having me thank you Bye. bye thank you so much for listening to this episode of the balancing act podcast if you've loved what you've heard I would be incredibly grateful if you could rate and review the podcast so that we can help spread the word to all the other working mums out there looking for more balance in their everyday. If you'd like to hear more, you can find me on Instagram at debbieleeco or on my website at debbielee.co.uk where you can download your free kickstart guide to finding your balance as a working parent. Until then, I look forward to speaking to you in the next episode. Bye for now.